Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Odell Beckham Jr. made the catch with one hand for the touchdown. Wow, what a catch by the rookie. Ridiculous. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Sports Radio 1019 FM WFAN Oh, this sucks, man. Not being here, of course. It's been like three months since I've had a chance to do a show. Good morning, by the way. Chris Lopresti here with you. CeeLo on the fan. I've got Alex's arm on the other side of the glass. I was just chatting with Lori on her way out. We're venting about the nausea and disgustingness that is the football teams in this town. I was really looking forward to coming in here and having three hours with you guys to hopefully talk about some positivity as it relates to the football team. Not so much with the Giants because none of us really thought that they had a prayer or a chance to stay within shouting distance of the Cowboys on Sunday. And for many of you Giant fans out there, you probably weren't even rooting for that to happen because of course we transitioned into Tank mode, right? We want to lose as many games as possible to uh, align ourselves for the draft. And I, I, I am not one that can go there yet. I understand the, I understand the strategy and the approach behind it. But similar to how right after the baseball trade deadline or whatever that was at the end of July, you know, getting on board with, hey, let the Mets and the Yankees are basically done. Let's talk about the off season. No, I wasn't ready to do that then. Now, of course, heading into the winter is the time to do that. For the baseball teams, just like right now, we were so excited for this football season. It's not even freaking Thanksgiving. We're two weeks removed from Halloween. The Giants are cooked. We're talking about quarterbacks in the draft and maybe being, you know, a number one overall pick or a top three pick and saying goodbye to Daniel Jones and saying goodbye to this guy, that guy, left, right, the other thing, and which quarterback is going to be drafted by the Giants and potentially playing next season. And now here come the Jets, and it's just more of the same. And that's where we'll begin, obviously, that game is uh, much closer as far as the, it going final than the Giant game, and there's really not a whole lot to say about the Giant game. They were embarrassed, outclassed, overmatched, whatever you want to say, uh, again, against the Cowboys earlier Sunday in uh, in Arlington. But from a Jets standpoint, eight, by the way, 877-337-6666, I expect phone calls all the way till 5 when Al and Jerry come your way with the warm-up show, and then, of course, it'll be Boomer and Geo uh, to kick off your Monday morning. As far as the Jets go... This is yet another game that, in my opinion, the way I see it, all things equal on paper, and I do understand the games are not played on paper, this is a game they had no business losing. And let's be honest, it should be three in a row because 
They did everything that they could to lose that matchup with the Giants a few weeks back once Tyrod Taylor went out and Tommy DeVito came into the game. So really it should be a three-game losing streak and three games and three opponents that and, – and say what you want about the Chargers. And I understand Justin Herbert is an impressive quarterback and the Chargers have some weapons. But the way in which the Jets performed in that game both offensively and defensively last week – they scored six points, and we made, oh, the Chargers, oh, and Joey Bosa, and oh, they look at all that they did. How'd they look against the Lions yesterday on Sunday? They gave up 41 points. Enough said. Okay, so this is the same old story with the Jets now, week after week. Defense does everything it can to stay in the game, win the game, turnovers, trying to score points defensively, and the offense just, whether it's, Ineptitude from a play-calling standpoint, from a throwing-the-football standpoint, establishing any sort of consistent run game other than let's just hand off to Brees Hall and hope that he breaks another long one because, you know, he's that kind of explosive player from time to time. Penalties, lack of creativity, Zach Wilson, coaching, scheme, system. I mean, you run right down the list. Third down, red zone, I mean... The margin for error for this team offensively is just, it's its as bad as it gets. It really is. And I know Lori was running down some of the other teams late in her show there around the league, struggling offenses and talking about uh, looking at the penalty numbers because in this game against the Raiders on Sunday night in Las Vegas, from the Jets' standpoint, it was the penalties, especially on offense, shooting themselves in the foot, as Robert Sala said after the game yet again. Basically, you could have run back his post-game press conference from a week ago off of the uh, Charger loss or less than a week ago on Monday night, and a lot of the same stuff was coming out after this game against the Raiders. And it's just, it's just, it's infuriating to watch. And we can scream and yell about Zach Wilson all we want, and it sounds like had things really gone south in this game, maybe there was a chance you were going to see a mid-game change made to quarterback, who knows. Because this wasn't a awful, hideous Zach Wilson performance overall. There were some good things mixed in. The Jets were moving the football and controlling tempo, possession, clock in the first half until we got to what I felt was the turning point of this football game. And that's the early second quarter, but it was late first quarter into the early portion of the second quarter possession off of the Jordan Whitehead interception, right? So you get an interception of Aiden O'Connell. You've got a short field. You're in Raiders territory. Forget the fact that, again, there was a penalty that kind of backed them up a little bit on a second down. So they go third and seven from, I want to say it was the Raider, like 23-yard line, something like that. And you get the Zach Wilson scramble down the right sideline, tiptoeing along the sideline, launches himself into the end zone. They actually signal touchdown. Holy crap, the Jets are in the end zone. The official is saying touchdown on the field. They have done it. They have broken this streak of not scoring or actually having a touchdown drive that lasts longer than one play, which hadn't happened since the Kansas City game and still hasn't happened as it turned out. Because, oh, no, he stepped out just by maybe a toe or two along the right side. Okay, no big deal. Hey, good aggressive athletic play. He protected the football. He had good vision as a runner. He got out of the pocket. He escaped the pressure. Okay, great. All right. No problem. I can deal with that. First and goal from the three. Hey, we're going to hand off to Brees. Oh, look at that. He's in the end zone. So who cares that Zach Wilson stepped out? Oh, wait. Nope. Flag. CJ Uzama holding. Okay, back it up. First and goal now from the, I think, what, 13-yard line. 
Brees Hall up the middle. No creativity or imagination. One yard gain. Great. Okay, second and goal. Or give it to Hall again. Oh, no gain to the right. We haven't established a run all night long. And let's go ahead and try and run the football here from inside the red zone on a goal-to-go situation where everything is truncated and, you know, mucked up there as it often is in the red zone and in the end zone. So now you're going to put your young, struggling, inept, lack of confidence quarterback in a third and goal from the 12 situation. And before you can even get that snap off and fail again, oh, well, we got to blow a timeout because we're about to take a delay of game flag. I mean, that sequence right there. And then, okay, we're finally going to run the third down play. And, oh, what is it? Oh, yep, it's another check down. What do you, how do you know? How do you like that? To Michael Carter. By the way, he drops it. Not, not that that play was going anywhere anyway, but oh, okay. Yep. So we went from touchdown, wiped out, another touchdown, wiped out, two runs that went nowhere, and a check down on third down with a timeout blown mixed in so we didn't take another flag to kick a field goal. And yes, it gave them a six point lead, 9 3, but could have been 13 3. Nice 10-point advantage for your defense, an actual cushion for a change beyond one possession or a field goal, somewhere in the 3-7 to seven point range. Now you're talking 10 points. Nope, not to be. Next five jet possessions after that, five punts. They ran 20 plays total for 82 yards. A couple of three and outs and one four-play drive, which included 23 yards worth of penalties against the offense. I mean, what are we doing here? So we can get into it. You want to call and scream about Zach Wilson, that's fine. I don't care if it's Tim Boyle, if it's Trevor Simeon. To me, it makes very little difference, okay? You want to rant and rave about the late interception that Zach Wilson throws? I was listening to I came right here, by the way. Uh, I was over at SNY uh, doing sports night after Jets post game on SNY. And I, I felt this watching the play. I was like, man, that's a really nice play by the linebacker, uh, Spillane who then reveals in the postgame that his wife's pregnant with their first child. It's the greatest day of his life. Okay, wonderful. Alan Lazard, who has just been dreadful, I thought ran a really poor route from the standpoint of he's there, he's sitting there, he's open, but he's just going to sit in his heels and not move. And Bart Scott, who knows a lot more about offensive scheme, play call, route concepts, and certainly how to defend them, was killing Alan Lazard for not at least trying to work back to that football. So we can talk about Zach Wilson as much as we want. And look, he's a flawed quarterback. He's not the long-term future answer. He's probably destined to be a backup in the league. We understand all of that. Okay, we spent the last month to six weeks ranting and raving about that as this jet season has been hanging by a thread and they've been just trying somehow, some way to get out of their own way. The quarterback, the offensive coordinator... Every receiver not named Garrett Wilson with an honorable mention to Tyler Conklin, who's a solid tight end, and Brees Hall when he has a chance to, you know, get into space and make make a play. Which in the run game right now hasn't been there. And 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 who could blame these opposing defenses, right? You don't fear the jet offense. You don't fear the jet pass game. You can get after the quarterback. You can beat these tackles on the edges to the outside. You can put pressure on Zach Wilson in the pocket without having to get all out of whack and creative and nuts with aggressiveness and blitzing and scheming. You can play your defense. You can you can stack the box against the so why would we expect them to have any semblance of a consistent run game? So sure, Brees Hall will pop one here and there, whether it's in the run game or on a screen pass or a little check down or a dump off, because he has that sort of ability and that sort of explosiveness. But if you're looking for the Jets to sort of control things the way the Raiders did at times with Josh Jacobs, where outside of the one forty yard run 
that eventually, you know, set them up for their touchdown, which, by the way, Michael Carter II makes a great hustle play and strips him. And if that ball stays in bounds instead of rolling out of bounds, maybe the Jets recover a fumble there and they keep the Raiders out of the end zone. So the one big play that they had from Jacobs, but, you know, the ability to keep handing it off and a couple yards here, three yards there, four yards there, feeling like you can actually convert with the run game on a third and short. Or, hey, here's a new coaching staff, Antonio Pierce. Game two is interim head coach. They elevated this young quarterback's coach to offensive court. It's his second game calling plays. And there were the Raiders lining up on that fourth down. Looks like a tush push. And, oh, nope, instead of doing what everyone does right now, we're just going to sneak it and have everybody push from behind and try and copy what the Eagles are doing. A little creativity, a little imagination. We're actually going to do a little handoff to the little scat back there, and he's going to run around the edge for an easy first down. A little disguise, something a little different that maybe teams haven't seen on tape yet. You don't you don't get any of that from the Jets. And then the one instance where they try to do it in this ballgame, where you get Garrett Wilson on the backwards pass and he's going to throw it down the field to Alan Lazard. <laughs> the pass is out of bounds. I, I mean, Lazard looked like he basically stopped. Even if Garrett Wilson threw that ball inbounds down the sideline, A, I'm not sure Lazard's going to catch it. And B, I'm not sure he's going to waltz into the end zone because he's running, he's walking around out. He's limping. He's got a knee injury. Like he, I mean, I'm all for guys playing hurt and trying to tough up and sack up for the team. That's great. But the Jets have such a small margin for error right now on offense that, dude, if you can't do your job, if you can't block when you're needed to block, if you can't run your routes, if you can't work back for the football, you got to get off the field. I'm sorry. Enough is enough. And this is another game where, you know, you look at Garrett Wilson's final stats, and it's nine catches for 93 yards. And, I mean, he's he's bruised, he's battered, he's limping, he's banged up his elbow at one point. He nearly makes a miraculous catch there on the Hail Mary at the end of the game on the final play, which by, I don't know how Zach Wilson got. As he's running for his life, rolling away from, you know, rolling to the left, away from his arms, I'm like, he's never getting this throw off. So kudos to him to escape. I, I believe it was Max Crosby that he juked there and basically gave him a little stutter step to buy himself enough time to roll left and use that God-given ability that he has and launch. It basically looked like if you watched his pro day at BYU, it was a lot of that. We're going to get outside the pocket and make these you know ridiculous on-the-move cross-body throws, launches it into the end zone, and here comes Garrett Wilson leaping in with a chance to basically snatch the ball away from everyone that was allocated there in the end zone and steal a win for the Jets. And there's Tyler Conklin, had a real good game, and he gets one hand on the ball and essentially defends the pass from Garrett Wilson. I'm not saying it's a guaranteed catch, but he had a chance to make a miraculous play. That's going to happen on those Hail Mary situations. It's sort of, you know, organized chaos there in the end zone and every man for himself. But in a game where Garrett Wilson, again, goes for 9 for 93, I'll point out that I think it was his first catch of the game, if not first, maybe his second. Early on, first quarter, catch and run, nice yards after the catch, chunk play, 41 yards. So you take that away for Wilson, it's eight catches for 52. And that's not a knock on Garrett Wilson, but that's just that's that's where this team is at. Everything is a struggle. Even your best player on offense, an explosive player with a ton of talent, can run routes well, ball in his hands, shiftiness, escapability. I mean, he's got everything you could ever want. The the effort level, his heart, how much he cares, sometimes maybe to a fault where maybe he's a little bit, you know, too outwardly emotional or frustrated on the field. 
And this guy's got to work for every inch, every yard, every eight for 52 if you take away that one play. His season average per reception, 11.9 yards. That's 47th in the NFL. When you watch Garrett Wilson play football and you watch his ability and you see what he can do for the Jets, there's no reason why he should be that far down in that category. He's too good a player, too explosive. Giant fans remember watching Odo Beckham Jr. when he first broke onto the scene, right? Catch a slant, gone. You saw it Sunday. Old old man Odo Beckham Jr. post multiple knee surgeries, whatever he is now, 31 years, 31 years of age, catches a ball across the middle today, boom, he's gone. I mean, it's just so rare that you get to see that from the Jets. Yeah, Brees Hall's popped a few of them. That's their last however many touchdowns. Going back to that Chief game, I think it's three Brees Hall scores and two of them were, you know, one play long. Uh, one was, I think, a, one was a run. One was a catch and a run. And then he had that score in the, in was it was it the Eagle game, right? Where they um, they basically let him score. Those are the last three Jet offensive touchdowns. Dating all the way back to that Sunday nighter against Kansas City when they came out from the half and Wilson took them right down the field and they scored. You think, okay, here we go. And we know how that game ended. Hey, they were game. They played them tight. Didn't get a lot of great whistle or great calls from the refs. It was like one of those, okay, you could make the case that it was like a you know a silver lining game or something to build upon. And they come back with the win in Denver. And then they beat the Eagles. And they go into the bye riding high, feeling good. And it's just, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to use the term. You know what it is. If you're a Jet fan, you know what it is. But they do not and have not for the last since they last went to the playoffs, since the back-to-back AFC title game appearances under Rex Ryan, they do not handle prosperity well. Ever, 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 ever. Quarterback issues, head coach issues, offensive coordinator, dumb penalties, undisciplined, you know, offense against defense not being united, one unit frustrated with the other. I mean, it's just it's just maddening, and it's it's just there's just no end in sight. There's really not. Giants with a backup quarterback and then the third stringer got lucky to win the game. Okay, Chargers tough opponent. Hey, you're home Monday night, and your defense held Justin Herbert to a career low for passing yardage, and I believe the second worst quarterback rating of his career. They lost by three touchdowns. The Raiders with a rookie fourth-round quarterback and an interim head coach and a brand-new offensive coordinator, and you hold them to 16 points, and you lose again. Uh, And now, if you think they're winning next week in Orchard Park, save it, okay? And I understand it's the NFL. Oh, they beat the Eagles. Anything can happen, sure. But if you can honestly call me up tonight and give me a legitimate reason or explanation, or theory in how they're going to go to Orchard Park next week against the Bills. Outside of later tonight when the Bills play the Broncos, Josh Allen or Steph Diggs go out with some sort of injury that prevents them from playing next Sunday. I mean, the Bills have had that game circled on their calendar since the season opener when Xavier Gibson beat them in overtime with the punt return, and Allen was terrible taking care of the football and turning it over left and right. The Jets are not winning that game. They're not. You can talk me into, hey, maybe Black Friday afternoon against the Dolphins because, you know, Miami's been a bit of a paper tiger and a bit of a fraud as far as their offense goes when they face some upper echelon teams. Not that the Jets are an upper echelon team, but an upper echelon defense. So you want to tell me they can win that game? Fine. 
but they have pissed away a golden opportunity to put themselves in a legit position to get into the playoffs here. And last year it was 7-4 and four before things went south. This is a little earlier in the season. Circumstances a little different. But ultimately, we're talking about the same things. The same theme. So we like to make it about the quarterback. That's the hot-button topic. That's the hot, the hot issue everyone wants to scream and yell and rant and rave about. But at some point, you got to look beyond that. The record for this head coach is abysmal. Yes, the defense is excellent. But we've been through this before. We've seen this. We saw this with Rex and how it went south. We saw it at times with Todd Bowles. If you're going to be a defensive-minded head coach in this league, man, you better have an, an outstanding staff on offense and have things buttoned up. And I get it. They brought in Nathaniel Hackett to go with Aaron Rodgers, and that lasted all four plays. I, I, I do understand. But, I mean, it goes beyond the quarterback position. The Rodgers cronies that were brought in here, Dalvin Cook, has offered little to nothing. Randall Cobb is now healthy and active for whatever it is, three, four weeks in a row. We talked about Lazard already. Billy Turner, turnstile along the offensive line. People that want to see Tim Boyle play. I mean, come on. Tim Boyle is not the answer. Oh, we got to, hey, you got to just change and try something else. Fine. Okay. Don't be surprised then when they run him out there and it's just as much of a disaster, if not worse. They put all their eggs in the Rodgers basket. It hasn't worked out, but they are pissing away a season in which they have this outstanding defense. And I wasn't a full believer at the beginning of the year. And I mocked these guys for talking about, what was it, uh, DJ Reed putting them in the same breath or sentence as the 85 Bears or the Ravens that beat the Giants in the Super Bowl. It's like, can we play a game or two first? But you know what? For the most part, they, they, they've been that, maybe not that good, but certainly one of the best units in the league this year and good enough to be winning more than they are right now. At every level. And the defensive line did it again in this game. Three sacks, plenty of pressure on Aiden O'Connell. Again, outside of the one Jacobs run that he busted, they were they were stout against the run. His numbers, you take out that 40-yarder, not to say it didn't count or didn't matter, but other than that, he was 26 carries for 76 yards, less than three yards per carry. They had a turnover. They were pretty good penalty-wise. It was more on the offense, and they got nothing to show for it. And it's just it's reached it's reaching a level of ridiculous now. So I'm basically already marking them with a loss for next week. And that's gonna make that Miami game crucial because after that, okay, Falcons at home, a game that they should win. You looked at that Texan game in week 14 as a game that they should win. Who knows now? With the way CJ CJ Stroud's playing and the way the Texans are suddenly looking like an offense that can go up and down on the field with you with some really good young personnel. So that's the road ahead for the Jets. But as usual, they just don't ever make it easy on themselves. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.